Hello, all, and welcome to episode three of Geeks and Films. Technically, episode three, part one, but anyway, I'm Tiger, and I'm joined by Yoshimitsu. Hello there, people of the internet. Since we were sort of like putting our personas as characters from the film we were viewing, we did that last time. Who should we be this time? I want you to be Benny because of he always just wants to build a cool space themed thing and you like building mechs so I guess it's the closest thing. it's pretty close and I do build spaceships occasionally right. for you I don't know um uh, I'll be Emmett because I'm not tough I don't know <laughs> Okay, and in case you couldn't tell by those characters, today's topic. Oh, yes. So today we are going to be reviewing the Lego movie. But before we get into that, I would love to do video game related news, even though some of you listen to Geeks and Films don't come for this. I I just wanted to get it done so it won't pile up when we do the next episode of Geeks and Games. So first off, the Xbox original console celebrated its 20th anniversary on November 15th. Um, Rockstar Games released the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, and it was not reviewed well at all. The reason was because it seemed like pretty poorly and choppily made and how there were like big frame rate dips, lots of glitches. One of the controversial mods for, I think, San Andreas was still left in the remastered edition of the game the game wouldn't even load it was just a lot of stuff that led to people you know just not liking it um another game released that was a remaster that fans weren't exactly pleased on so that was um pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl some people say oh it's just too bland it's not different enough and like the chibi art style isn't expressive they can't convey enough emotion i'm not I haven't played these games, so I'm not sure. I'd probably play the originals, plus they don't incorporate elements from what I've heard is the best game of the generation, Pokemon Platinum, which it probably deserve. Um, next up, Atari is releasing some pretty popular unreleased games in physical cartridge form. Yara's Return, Aquaventure, and Saboteur as physical games. So I think they included a, one of these. I know Yara's Return was in the Atari Classics, Atari Flashback Collection for the Switch. Yars Return was actually fun and a bit more fun than the original Yars Revenge, in my opinion. Um, there was this really big thing with like Activision slash Blizzard where the, I think it's like the, there was like a harassment scandal at the company and then the CEO sort of like paid them to keep it quiet or something and now word about that is getting out and they want the ceo to be fired and lastly um pokemon sun and moon celebrated its fifth anniversary on the 18th of this month so happy anniversary to it while this was a real roller coaster of emotion on this gaming news wasn't it i hope none of you were too bored but anyway it is Ah, time ah, you missed something Two days ago, at the time of recording, the Wii celebrated its ninth birthday. There wasn't as much as I thought there was going to be, but it was still relatively dense in terms of news. Not as bare as August was, but anyway, so for this episode of Geeks and Films, we are going to rewind time and go back to 
2014 to review the Lego. That is the movie, the Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome when we live in our dreams. So it premiered Everything February 1st, 2014. It didn't get a wide U.S. release until February 7th. It was directed by and also had its screenplay written by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. If those names sound familiar, they also worked on the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball films and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which may be the best Spider-Man film ever made. It was pretty good. We'll have to review that at some point. Depending on how No Way Home goes, I think it still is the best Spider-Man film. Even a little better than Homecoming. Homecoming was probably the best. Far From Home wasn't as good, but once we review the Marvel films, we'll probably get more into those. Yeah. Um, the story was also done by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller with other story elements by Dan and Kevin Hagman, aka um, they were like the heads. I don't know if they were the showrunners or like the series creators, but they worked on Ninjago, the Ninjago TV show, for a long time. Um, so the actors that voice these characters are Chris Pratt as Emmett Murkowski in the first of four Lego translations. So I believe it currently has Emmett as well as Star-Lord, Owen from Jurassic World, and Mario. But that was that came out before the film cast was announced. So um, Elizabeth Banks as Wildstyle or Lucy, whatever, she goes by both. Will Ferrell as President Business, but also the man upstairs. I don't know if they're the same character or different or whatever. Will it's, Arn- it's a it's a questionable. They're definitely connected as characters. Will Arnett as Batman, Charlie Day as Benny. Not only is Chris Pratt voicing um, Mario, but Charlie Day is also voicing Luigi. So we have Mario and Luigi in one film. Um, Allison Brie as Unikitty, Nick Offerman, aka Ron Swanson as Metalbeard, Jason Sand as Finn, Channing Tatum as Superman, Jonah Hill as Green Lantern, Liam Neeson as Bad Cop but also Paw Cop, Bad Cop's dad, Morgan and Morgan Freeman as Vitruvius. And a brilliant score by Mark Mothersbow. I'm not quite sure. Mothersbow. Yeah. What were you going to say? I'm surprised that uh, considering the gravity of uh, Vitruvius's role, I'm supposed prize morgan freeman is listed so low on that list below superman and green lantern who are kind of there placed in as a joke no 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 no. i didn't do it that way i did it that way because usually in films they put like the most important actors at like the end it's like with liam neeson and morgan freeman if your name comes after liam neeson and morgan the with you're important both liam neeson and morgan freeman though played more important roles than I'd say Superman or Green Lantern. I know, but, but, I, whatever. I know, but I, I just... I, I, I thought seemed... it was based on the role because the protagonist always comes first and the secondary leading character comes second. No, you're right. I should have organized that. I don't that know. Differently. It, 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 yeah, whatever. I yeah. thought you were reading it off of Wikipedia and I was confused. I was not. I compiled all these notes. Some of them came from Wikipedia. So, Yoshimitsu, what are your memories of this movie? Uh, I remember... Um, I watched it for actually Flame Vamp got a few of us together and uh, we watched it for his birthday a while ago. Gosh, it was seven years ago. Dang. 
okay then. Um, that makes me feel yeah, old. It, it was fun. Uh, I remember really enjoying it because most Lego movies or Lego TV shows or anything really, I'm thinking of Lego Ninjago, Clut- the Lego Clutch Powers movie, which we'll we need to review. have to review. That yeah, is we, such a fun movie. We need to but do that. Any Lego TV series, Lego Hero Factory as well. The only thing that really seemed Lego about them was the people. And Clutch Powers had a bit more, like some a lot of the set building was also Lego, like the, some of the bridges and walls and castles and buildings were Lego, but like the trees and the ground and everything wasn't. The thing that stood out to me about the Lego movie was absolutely everything about it was Lego. All the ground and the ocean was entirely Lego as well. Well, ex- almost except, entirely. Except the stuff in the relic room. What's weird is that they kind of did away with some of that in the Lego Batman and even more in the Lego Ninjago movie. It looks kind of off to me. A little bit. Yeah, the Lego Ninjago movie was kind of... It, it didn't follow that as well, but it's just that really stood out to me about the Lego movie was the way that absolutely everything was Lego. And I love that. Uh, the set design, like when I say set design, I mean the design of the Lego sets. Nah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually different. Like, for example, uh, I'm thinking specifically of Emmett's mech. The one he builds in the movie is a lot different than the one they actually sold on shelves. But the ones that the designs for all the robots and all the spaceships and the cars, the ones that they used in the movies were absolutely awesome. Um, I'm not going to sing the song, but it, it fit in well with a, it, it. The builds in that movie were awesome. I loved them. Um, I did because... get a few sets. Uh, I think I ended up getting Metal Beard as well. Um, it, I do. The have sets a... were pretty good. I do have a complaint about Metal Beard. I think in the movie there are like two chains on his chest and then there's a third one that like connects to his arm, but the third one on his arm isn't in the set. And yeah, another weird thing is like, like the the chest on his belt buckle or whatever in the set, it has like um a jumper plate, which is like the one by two with the one by one stud on top in the middle of it with the little lock piece yeah. attached to it. But in the film, it's like the lock piece and then another small gold circle plate are the two pieces on the chest. I don't know why they even small made details. those changes. Maybe it was like a small, small little touch-up that was added to the movie itself before it came out. But the sets were developed kind of ahead of time in regards to the film. Just Maybe. a little bit, though. The other thing is he has functional knees and the set does not. But that's like that's a completely different gripe with Lego Max as a whole. One They're getting fun, better at that. But. One weird fun fact about Metal Beard is I heard in a book of world records about a pumpkin tossing contest where they use catapults to hurl pumpkins. So what I did was I took like the top half of Metal Beard, put him on like another like construction thing, whatever. And then I made it so like you could twirl his top half around and have him swing pumpkins across the room. <laughs> it was it was my one of my proudest build moments. Sadly, I think um most of my Lego movie stuff is now apart and not on my shelf because yeah. I, I have limited shelf space as it is. And I kind of focus more of my efforts towards building custom things. The parts that got invented with the Lego movie theme as well were pretty interesting. The metal beard, like his actual beard part. Yeah. I've seen a- used in a lot of impressive builds for like mechs, uh, particularly shout out to Messi Maru. I would go check out his stuff. 
he's got some really cool stuff with using that part. It's tricky to use and it's really cool. But, yeah. yeah. Um, my memories of the film. So I don't know if it was for my birthday, but the movie did come out around the same time as my mom took me and I believe my sister to see Monsters University in the theater when it came out. And one of the trailers that played before it was the Lego movie. And this was the first I had ever heard of it. So what was weird is like, they had like these impressive, like serious looking title cards that came before it. And right before it cut to like the scene where it shows Emmett making his presentation in Cloud Cuckoo Land, it said like the greatest movie ever assembled. And I remember thinking, oh, is this going to be like an Avengers movie or something? I didn't really care because at the time I'm, I wasn't a Marvel fan. Then I saw the Lego thing and I'm like, okay, I'm all in. I'm all in. And, from, just... and from that moment on, I was obsessed with the Lego movie. So... Let me just say the greatest movie ever assembled is an excellent pun for this movie. Uh, yeah. Um, so I remember the Lego movie website had like a countdown to the film's release and they would also slowly reveal sets. Like there was like a a grid that showed like red curtains with sets behind them. And as different sets would get revealed, the curtains would lift up showing new sets as it counted down to the film's actual release. I tried looking at this on the Wayback machine, but it didn't end up working out. I don't mean like the actual machine. I mean like the site. And yeah, I checked the Lego movie, um, page on Brickopedia, aka the lego wiki religiously i checked it every day to see if there was like a new trailer a new tv spot whatever just to get more information on the movie before it came out one of the weirdest pieces of promotional art i saw designed for this one was like bad cop with a dreidel to commemorate hanukkah of 2013 oh, dreidel dreidel i'm Dreidl. sorry i'm not jewish i can't pronounce these things right <laughs> Um, I also checked the Lego movie website. I ended up enjoying that quite a bit. There was like a sig fig maker that was pretty fun. I didn't get to experience it, but I know there was this thing where you could like insert yourself into the movie. But there was also this amazing Lego movie level builder, which is like Mario Maker, but all with Lego pieces. And it was the best thing ever. I remember playing a lot of user created levels that were fun and then making my own that were also fun but I, I think the site got taken down so i don't know if you can experience this and the only other lego movie themed game i remember was like this game where you're like bad cop and you're chasing down something or whatever i don't quite remember um and i had gotten my, my first lego movie set was the the weird little thing that's on screen for like 15 seconds where it's like a hang glider made out of Western saloon parts. I remember seeing like the set where it had like the sh the robot sheriff with the mustache. I'm like, how does the mustache piece connect to his body? Is it like a special head with like a hole in it? And the mustache is like a little piece that attaches through like the hole in his head. But yeah. then when I got the set, I was I was kind of disappointed to see that it was actually like a little neck attachment and that you just put the head on over. I'm like, they that could have been so genius. Why didn't they do that? Well the I think the mustache going around the neck is more applicable to people to like a lot more minifigs in general than having to 
redesigned the head part to include a hole where you can insert a mustache. That's true. That that was just what I thought it was. Yeah. And I believe I got that set as like a Valentine's Day gift from my grandmother. And I think Valentine's Day of 2014 was the day I had gone to see the movie. I distinctly remember my dad falling asleep in the theater as dads are wants to do. I remember like, I think uh, we went, my family went to get coffee. I got a chai because I didn't like coffee at the time. And I still don't. I remember thinking, you know, that was actually good. I was incredibly hyped for this film. So I feel like I would have been disappointed with anything less. And to be honest, it wasn't like the 100% fantastic best movie of all time that I had thought it was going to be, but I came away thinking, you know, that was a really good film. And, you know, looking back on it now, it's still a really good film. And but very fun, very, uh, a very enjoyable movie would highly recommend. Yeah. We'll get into that more as we go on with the episode, but as for the making of the film, I'm not quite sure. But I think it was more like, uh, Bill Lord and Christopher Mill were like, oh, we want to make a movie with Lego. And then they made a deal with Warner Animation Group and they got funding from Village Roadshow Productions. And so uh, they made it. To rephrase what you just said, we want to make a massive two hour long Lego advertisement. (laughs) Yeah, like the uh, well, that was from the uh, the 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 pitch meeting, right? The Ryan meeting. (laughs) It's it's really accurate. It's sadly correct. But yeah, it's like it doesn't make it a bad movie. It they just went makes it very a good advertisement. Yeah, they went very overboard with the marketing. It's just like the cars, like the cars films, because I think we talked about in the cars episode how obsessed I was with cars diecast. I felt like for a long time, every year I would go back and forth between do I want Lego sets or do I want cars diecast? And then when they made Lego cars, I was the happiest child in the universe. And the Lego car sets are so some of my favorite sets to this day. I'm sorry. It just is. One thing I do remember was like um as part of like a little promotional set, they made this like special movie poster sticker that you could attach to the Lego creator palace cinema set. I remember like hearing about it and it had like a ridiculously long piece number on the official Lego records, whatever Lego site, I think. I mean, part numbers are always five digits. Yeah, but it was like because it's a sticker, it has like it's extra long. It's like almost like that's true. Oh, 10. But the um, I also remember before the film came out, there was like the special short that was like the making of it featured the actual actors talking about what it was like in the film. I remember um, Emmett talking about like, a, oh, yeah, the other cast members, they were they like to prank me. For instance, one day they had a party and different and didn't invite me every week. And then I like I, my favorite part was when Lord Business was talking about Will Ferrell. And then he's like, um, you know, they should have gotten somebody good like Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Ryan Gosling, Cuba Gooding Jr. But no, they got Will Ferrell. You know, you're scraping the bottom of a barrel when you find yourself stuck with a Will Ferrell. And like it was the dumbest pun ever, but I found it good. I also like the when Vitruvius, voiced by Morgan Freeman in the the short as well, was talking about, I was blessed to have the good voice of Morgan Freeman. 
that man could read the phone book and make it sound good. So, and then it, and that then it actually true. had him Morgan reading Freeman. a phone number. And then he's like, eight, nine, five, seven, seven, two, two. Mm, listen to that sweet molasses. But, it, but it, <laughs> Morgan it was, Freeman does have an excellent voice. It was an interesting short. I'm going to have to put that in the videos we mentioned. So everybody can check it out Absolutely. on our YouTube page. And then at the end, there's this part where Morgan Freeman tries to talk like Batman. But um, getting into the film itself, it starts where it's like Vitruvius is like guarding this room inside a castle. For the longest time, I thought it was like Lord Business's actual like castle lair. And I'm like, why are they there? Now, it, I only realized on like this viewing that it was Vitruvius's castle guarding the crackle. And so what happens is like Lord Business marches in, then he blinds Vitruvius, and then he gets the craggle. We don't know what the craggle is yet, but then... um. Vitruvius says a prophecy, which is like, um, oh, guess what? There's this guy. He's going to make the piece of resistance found from its hiding refuge underground. He will be the most important person of all time. All of this is true because it rhymes. I'm like, well, that's pretty convincing argument you got there. Also, <laughs> side note, on the Lego movie Brickopedia page, even now, it still says, warning, spoilers ahead on the right before it goes into the plot details. And I'm like... The film is seven years old. It doesn't need a spoiler warning anymore. I'm pretty sure if you found, if you went to Wikipedia, they would also have spoilers on like A New Hope. It's just a common courtesy thing for every single game. A New Hope of it's what, I don't know, like 44, it's 44 years old. You don't need I I almost guarantee you they'll still do it. It's, It's just common courtesy. Okay, I'm, I'm much younger than Star Wars. I don't think they need a spoiler warning, but whatever. Anyway, so um, Lord Business is like, oh, your prophecy's dumb. And what's weird is he like kicks Vitruvius into the lava, but then when he comes back, he's perfectly fine? How? I don't know. Maybe those knights that he kicked away when he first stormed and rescued him or something. But maybe it, it was his lollipop stick staff. Yeah, his staff is a chewed up lollipop. That's an amazing detail. And the- ever since we watched that movie, I've always been curious if a lollipop stick actually is the same width as a four length bar and if it will actually fit into a clip. On IMDb trivia, it says it does. But IMDb trivia is also dodgy as we... um. I think we mentioned that on our on a couple of prior episodes. But eight and a half years later, we meet Emmett, who wakes up from his like um his bed in his apartment. We learned that he's like this rule following instruction centered. uh Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. And so it's like he grabs these instructions like how to fit in, make everybody like you and always be happy. I love what the always be happy part. It shows this guy getting swallowed by a shark with a smile on his face. It's so depraved. I love it. And notice how the instructions say zero to 99. So any 100 year old person, these instructions do not apply to them. Be sad. And um, so I, I like the scene where he's doing exercises and the jumping jacks are like him like clenching up and then just like jumping. And then he's like, I'm so pumped up. Um, 
there is a weird like plot hole that I noticed that I feel like they could have made a joke but didn't where it's like when he gets out of the shower and combs his hair he has like the spiky haired piece that goes into the regular combed hair piece they should have done something where it's like he takes the hair piece physically off his head and then puts a new one on because we know you can do that in this universe they do that to enter his mind later on in the movie that is that's a good point (laughs) missed opportunity um so Emmett like drives to his construction job. And by the way, his car is this set called the 3177 small car or something. Oh, I forgot to mention before that we see him watching President Business on TV. And then he says something like, "Um, everybody, make sure you follow the instructions. You're going to be put to sleep. And don't forget, Taco Tuesday's coming. And then I was like, oh, cool, Taco Tuesday. I love Taco Tuesday. Wait, did he say put to sleep? And then we see the greatest TV show ever. Honey, where are my pants? I, I remember getting this book called like the Lego Movie Essential Guide or something. And they had this all original um, where are my pants guy special where it's like, I think he goes to a sports game and then he his pants are gone. That's literally it. Actually, you said the car came in its own set. Yeah, that is... I don't know that that's correct because it actually also comes in the set with the double-decker couch. That is true. That is true. But it's also slightly remade. For oh. instance, the original set didn't have side-view mirrors. And oh, okay, it then. also had a special printed piece that said radio on it. And I love the headlights are now flat instead are now circular tiles instead of circular plates. I feel so sorry for all these non-Lego nerds who just aren't into our deep thoughtful conversation lego jargon yeah but but before he does get into his car i would like to mention like um whenever uh when the cats come out uh his neighbor whose name is mrs scratchin post by the way brilliant (laughs) no that's i missed that detail (laughs) yeah it's like um on on, like the lego minifigure series that's her name so and then it's like um but they just call her Sharon. But when her cats are like loading into a car, it's like, um, what is it like a M- Melvin, Fluffy Jr., Fluffy Sr.? And then I like how I'm just goes, Jeff, like there's some sort of like tense rivalry between them or something like a feud or something. But when he's at his, con- he drives to his construction job. And on the way, that's when we first hear the greatest song in the universe. Everything is awesome. We're, I don't think we're going to have to mention favorite songs because this is the only song and it's a banger. But I mean, it, which version is the best? Because the version that plays here is sung by the band Joe Lee. But there's another version that plays over the credits, which I think is the better version played by Tegan and Sarah featuring The Lonely Island, a rap group featuring Andy Samberg, who you may know as the voice of Johnny in Hotel Transylvania or the chicken suit guy from... Uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but he was also on shows Brad. like um Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he played this very loud person on a uh, Parks and Recreation, which I am the same person as him. Anyway, when he's at his construction job, it's like they're take they're tearing down things and they're building new stuff. One noticeable detail I like is when they're talking about pieces. You hear st- Lego lingo like um. Two by two macaroni cheese slope and lerps, which stands for little ugly rock piece. I also like um there are other great um Lego slang terms like burp, big ugly rock piece, 
poop pieces out of other pieces. And then there's crap with two P's, which stands for something I don't remember. Um, anyway, five hours later, everybody is still singing. Everyone is awesome. Also, a five-hour workday, Emmett is living the life. Most people have to work eight-hour jobs, so I don't know what the deal is with his job, but whatever. Oh, maybe yeah, it was, is only a five-hour. <laughs> maybe he was working for three more hours between his start and then the before the title card sequence. Yeah, I'm going to guess that that montage was probably several hours long. Yeah, But then he ends up like fishing for an invite with other construction workers who don't notice him because he's a nobody. Then he, he like runs into a fence. His instructions float away. He sees um, somebody who ends up being wild style, like using this relic locator to try to find the piece of resistance, as we learn later. And then Emmett's like, hey, you're not allowed to be here. I'm going to report you. And then there's this part where it's like she lifts her and then he goes, I'm guessing I'm going to have to report you. Which is the best, oh my gosh, she's so hot moment in all of cinema where it's like the female character does the classic hair flip. It's like, this is the best version of that. But then Wild Style rushes away and then Emmett falls down the hole in the ground. And then he like, when while he's falling down the hole, the animation is freaking smooth when he falls down the hole. Like, it's great. What's, what's interesting is like, um, when he falls on like the spike, one of them is like leading to this very cute looking thing and the other is like um something with like weapons, but then like his hard hat or his instructions or something fall on his leg, which lead him, which have him fall into like the ax pit, which he like bounces off of in pain. And then he lands in the hole with the piece of resistance on, um, with the piece of resistance like in a rock. Let me just ask, why did it take them Eight and a half. Why did it take Wildstyle eight and a half years to try and start locating the piece of resistance? Um, have you seen how large the universes are? Maybe she was working so long and developing the technology for a relic finding device, and that was around the time she finally completed it. And so once she determined the location to be Bricksburg, that was where she went. Um, so Emmett touches the piece, by the way. This is my big story-themed gripe with the film. We know that the craggle, which is actually crazy glue, which is actually the dad's designed for gluing all the sets together. That's why it's the big weaponary threat of this film. How did the piece of resistance get underground in the first place? Because Vitruvius... Maybe it's like beforehand, before even the prologue, Vitruvius separated the piece of resistance and the craggle specifically as like a safety measure. But if so, but wouldn't safety it have been measure better? for what? The, the piece of resistance is literally the cap for the glue, right? So yes. if anyone stole it, that would be like a way to disarm it. But why did they keep it on in the first place? That is the only thing I don't get. But then or again- If Vitruvius knew where he hid it, but I mean, it why took didn't me... they get it in the first place? I feel like a good thing about this movie is it took me a while to th- to think about this because I was too invested in like the world and the characters and then the the very nice scene at the end. But we'll get to that later. So anyway, he touches the piece. He gets like a trance where we see human hands and then he wakes up um, in like a, an interrogation room or bad cop who is also a good cop because double-sided lego minifigure head joke which is much which is a much appreciated joke 
And so he's like, he interrogates him. He's like, but why is the piece of resistance on your back? And then he's like, oh no, it's on my back. How did this get on me? It's true. How did it get on him? How did it end up getting glued to his back? Magic? I don't know. This movie has too many questions for me to answer. It's not as confusing as that the dang Mario movie, but you know, th- that movie had me questioning everything. The another plot hole at this is I, I, I'm literally trying my hardest to figure out holes in this movie. I, I want to try to pick things apart in this series. They said we found you in the construction site conversing with a strange piece. I don't understand that line. And he's talking, he's, it, it shows the scene where he's on his phone, like you staring at wild style. And then it tells he's that it seems like they think he's conversing with wild style. And then says, why is it permanently stuck to your back? But it's talking about the piece of resistance. So did they know the piece of resistance was down there in the first place? I think they noticed the big gaping hole in the... Con- I think the way it worked was they got to work in the morning. Somebody noticed the big hole. Somebody also had to have noticed that Emmett was missing, right? And so they're like, yeah. maybe he fell down the hole. Whatever, I don't care. He's a big nobody, right? And then the cops show up and because probably Wildstyle had sort of like alerted them to the scene, right? And then they find the piece and the reason it's on Emmett's back is because the piece of resistance is sentient and sort of like knew Emmett was the special. But then we find out later Vitruvius made it up. Whatever. This is like my big story gripe with the movie, like how the piece of resistance itself works. But this movie is still good. Also, we're spending way too much time on this dang red piece that's not even an actual Lego piece, but whatever. Then, so Wait. like, a, what? It is kind of a Lego piece. I have four of them. Well, Yes and no. See, the one depicted in the movie is an actual crazy glue cap, but in the sets, they made a special Lego piece that looked like it to be um, attached to a neck bracket. And it's actually a pretty useful part. Yes, it is. It's pretty cool. Um, So anyway, after he's interrogated, they're like, okay, we're going to get the piece of resistance off your back by melting it off with lasers. And though Emmett's like... um, He's like, oh, no, this is terrible. And then Wildstyle busts in. And then um, also the, the scene where she's fighting robots and then one of, them's land, one of them lands on the weapons rack is kind of graphic. If it wasn't a robot, this film could have been rated very differently. Um, yeah, and let me just say the animation there was also pretty good. True, the animation yes. throughout this entire movie was yeah, well great. done. I, I forgot to mention that like right before that, there was a scene where... Um, when they're like, uh, they're showing TV footage of like them interviewing Emmett's construction workers, and they're like, "Oh, Emmett's just a nobody. He doesn't try to stand up from the crowd. He's a blank slate. We all know Zippy Zap about him. We all have something special about us, but Emmett's nothing." And then it's like the pain in his eyes. I feel so sorry for him. It's like that helps you really empathize with the character. And then Bad Cop's like, "It's a perfect cover. A cover for what?" And then that that then that the rest of that happens. And so they escape out of the melting chamber. And then like um, uh, Emmett gets a trash can stuck on his head. And Wildstyle's like, you're brilliant, sir. We are going to have to make a special. Um, we're going to have to make a motorcycle out of all the parts in this place. By the way, I'm not that creative. 
with actual bricks, I can make models that somewhat resemble what I had in my brain, but they look kind of blocky. I don't understand where she got half those parts in the first place, but I'm not going to question it. The motorcycle looks amazing. Yeah, the hang glider makes more sense. Tank treads. The rear wheel has tank treads on it. Perhaps there's a military base right next to the police station. Then why build a motorcycle at all? Just take a tank. No, I'm talking about they discarded the tank treads. They were old tank treads that worked terribly for tanking, but well for motorcycling. Well, whatever. This movie is giving me an existential crisis, and I'm not sure I like it. (laughs) Anyway, they um, so they escape through the city, and um, then like while I was like um. You're the special. You're the most important person of all time. Emmett likes us. He's like, oh, yeah, I am. I totally am. And Watson's like, great, then you drive. I love the, I love the part where he's like, um, well, he's on the road. He's like, I want to go home. And then a house falls on the road. And he's like, this is not what I meant. By the way, I'm going to rename this house the TARDIS house because it's much bigger on the inside than it is on the outside because they like, it takes him quite a bit to drive through the whole thing where like he drives up the stairs through a hallway up an attic and then out a window. The motorcycle is like half the size of the house. How did he drive up? How did it take him such a long time to drive through it? Movie magic, I guess. Animation's wonderful. Um, so after that, they the motorcycle transforms into a flying machine and then ends up flying through a portal, which is like the moon or something. And then Emmett talks about how like I'm oh everything is awesome my favorite song I love any chain restaurant and also where are my pants and then Walter's like oh dang I've just realized this guy's not really the special after all he's too bland and then they get to the old west I love the part where it's like I'm he's like where are we and then the old west is just like in giant letters right there don't forget as they go through the portal and it shuts behind them and a bunch of cars smash into the portal and go up in flames Bad cop starts his thing of throwing chairs. Dar, 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 darny, dar. Also, he was originally supposed to actually swear. That's a fun fact for you. And yeah. so when they're in the old west, that's when Wildstyle like tells them the story of like, um, oh yeah, we're master builders. President business hates us. Also because- hits him with a cactus. Yeah, that must not be fun. I, I love that. Just like, this is so weird. I like the part where he's like absolutely infatuated with her. And then she's like, blah, 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 exposing things, backstory stuff. I like you, but I'm angry with you for some reason. It's so fun. I love it. And so um, they end up heading to a saloon. But before we see that, we cut to the Octan Tower where President Business is. And um, it's like, oh, his face is so bland. It, ma- it matches every face on our database. And I'm like, basically every facet of this movie is airtight, except for the dang piece of resistance logic. But whatever. Well, the other thing is, if he's so bland, he doesn't stand out from the crowd. It can't match every face in the database because there are people who stand out from the crowd and have different faces. Yes, that's true, but it's like the basic design of his face is basically the same as like it's every other like a minifigure is that face, but slightly expanded upon. So he's like the blank canvas, everything everybody else expands upon. Except Benny. His face looks kind of the same, except he has a much bigger smile. Yeah. And um so after that, we also see like um 
resident business's relic collection. And they like meets up with backup and he's like, you didn't, you didn't get the special. And that's when he reveals his, um, his master plan. Taco Tuesday is actually a front, which is, um, using the craggle again, crazy glue to glue the world together, to keep everything the way it's supposed to be a uh, permanently. And so he says, it's like, um, Tentacle arm craggle outside sprayer, which is taco. The S is silent. And then he uses this with like one of the most gut-wrenching scenes in the film. It's um he glues to his parents together. And apparently, like the part where it's like I'm bad cop and good cop, he's like, um, okay, sir, I don't want to. You must, I don't want to, you must. It's your job. It's I don't, it's not nice. It's your job. That was all done by Liam Neeson himself in one take without any additional audio mixing like he switched from voices between voices that quickly which is impressive dang dang so basically president business glues bad cops parents together and then erases his good cop side with nail polish remover i've never tried that myself to see if it worked but after i saw the relic room i really wanted to have a relic collection of my own so I did ask my mom for a bottle of nail polish remover when she was done with it. And I once did try like biting an apple down to make it look like an apple core that was in the relic room. But that wasn't the, um, the apple was a big no, but I also used toothpaste, which I don't believe was in the relic room. So I, I kind of improvised a little bit. So after that, they also had a stapler remover. Yeah. And those things look really scary, not gonna lie. Yeah, a little. Yeah. Um, in the saloon, Emmett tries to fit in as a cowboy, but doesn't. And that is like, shoot, shoot, shoot. Hey, everybody, I'm a cowboy. Shoot, shoot, bang, 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 gun, gun, gun. Zap, 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 pow. And then Walter's like, okay, how about you pretend you're a stool? Okay, stools don't talk. And then he walks in and he's like, I want a gas, come sit on me. I'm like, he is trying to be a stool, which is technically not incorrect but then it's like while all spits in a spittoon which changes everybody's mood and they just go back to doing whatever and then uh they go up to vitruvius who is playing the piano um so blind. he yeah he's blind and then he's like um oh yes you're my student that was so insecure she kept changing her name and then i, I feel like wild style's character it's like the way it's then done in the lego movie 2 it's a little weird, like the um, that the fact that spoilers for the Lego movie, too, by the way, it's like she was part of the pop band that made everything as awesome was a little bit much, which I don't think they needed to do. But it's like the part about like her having a uh, a much different, somewhat less dark past was I guess it was pretty good in that regard. But the part about her writing everything is awesome. I don't think that really needed to be there. But then um. Vitruvius just quickly realizes the situation. And so they get it. They um get he puts Watson and Emmett in his room where um he's like, um, he th- at first he thinks Wildstyle's is a special. Then Wildstyle reveals it's Emmett. And then Wildstyle's like, oh, he can't be the special. He has no creative input at all. And then he's like, um, she's like, um, OK, here's a training exercise. Why don't you build a car? And then he's like, OK, do you have the instructions? And then Vitruvius says, no, the instructions are your mind. And then he's like, well, I don't see a wheel or three more wheels, which is one of the best delivered lines of the entire film. 
And so what they do is they like take off his hair, go inside of his mind through the little hole in the top of the stud. Yes. And then they're like, um, he his one original idea is a double decker couch, but they discover through his mind that he had a vision about the man upstairs with like the giant hand and then retrieve is like oh wow since you had this vision we must assemble the master builders your mind is so prodigiously empty that there could be nothing to distract you in the first place from having a vision yeah yeah and so um bad cop arrives in the saloon and then he's like um okay i'm looking for Emmett. you guys seen him and that's when the um apparently robot robots are like placed very specifically in the realms throughout the world by president business to sort of keep an eye on everyone. And so the robots must have been there for a while. And so that was just like um, when bad cop arrived, they were so eager to help because of course they're on his side, they're programmed to. Right. And uh, so they, as Vitruvius Wildstyle and Emmett escape through the window, they make that hang glider thing I talked about earlier. And then um, what happens is they, uh, they make, they, Wildstyle makes a stagecoach, which is manned by pigs. By the way, I love the detail about how the pigs just say oink, oink, instead of actually making pig noises. Also, this is another big complaint I have with the Lego movie. With all of the sets they made from all of the scenes from the movie, they never made the stagecoach that was pulled by pigs. I think there are like two or three other sets. I'm baffled they didn't make sets on, but we'll get to those later. I would have loved that one. But then they... The stagecoach. Yeah. Emmett does have one spark of creative thinking where it's like, um, the axle's broken. We need to attach the wheel to something that spins around. And Emmett attaches it to his head. And then so they just use that until they encounter a train. And so they jump onto the train. Bad cop fires something on Emmett's leg, which looks innocuous and innocent, probably won't lead to anything noteworthy within the plot at all. It's not not just a massive one-by-one stud which takes up half the size of his back leg. No one's going to notice that. Yeah, but I don't think Emmett would have noticed at all. I think they were kind of distracted at the mission at hand. So well, when on the other hand, Emmett can't see the bottom of his leg. There's no way Emmett Lego Minifig can physically see the back of their true. leg. That's true, so it makes sense that uh, he wouldn't have been able to see that. So they uh, they try to build a ramp so Bad Cop's car can go off the train, and so it it turns out it's a transforming flying car and that which then blows up the train track. So they fall down and then while are about to hold hands, but then they get rescued by gasp Batman, which is one of the most creative aspects of this film, including other Warner brothers properties. It was before using Warner brothers properties and other Warner Bros. films was so freaking tired. I've not, I feel like I've expressed way too many times on this channel, how much I dislike space jam too. But it is seriously one of the least favorite movies I have ever watched. It's just so uncreative, just shoving in other Warner Brothers properties. They don't focus on making an original story with the beloved Looney Tunes characters. Why? And I don't want to get heated up again. Anyway, so it's like, um, so Batman uh, sort of turns Bad Cop's car into a baby carriage. Guess what, you big dumb baby? Your car is a baby carriage. Which is like Don't ha- question how all those parts condense down into a baby carriage. Well, ha ha. It so, just works. So creative, Batman. Wow, you call him a baby, so you turn it into a baby carriage. Wow, we're all impressed. It's funny. So, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And so the Batwing flies through the sun, which makes the Batman logo 
specifically the one from the Dark Knight films, the Dark Knight trilogy. So, um, it's a great trilogy. Yep. So, um, when they go to Middle Zealand, which is through the sun, they, um, the Batwing transforms itself into the Batmobile. But what's weird is like when Vitruvius is describing New Zealand, one of the things he talks about is like poverty and illiteracy. And at the time, the film board of New Zealand got on like legal trouble with Warner Brothers because they thought the poverty and illiteracy was mocking how the, um, the Maori culture, like the ancient tribes that had lived in New Zealand for a long time, which it wasn't. It was just mocking medieval culture since it was called Middle Zealand is like a combination of Middle Earth, which are from the Lord of the Rings, which those films were filmed in New Zealand. So that's why it's called Middle Zealand. So anyway, when they're in the Batmobile, Batman plays this very dark and broody song called um, Untitled Self-Portrait, which is another pretty good song in the film um so when they're at cloud cuckoo land it's like unikitty says there are no rules which somehow still manage cloud cuckoo land is a functioning society they have a monarchy right she's a princess how how is it if there's literally no rules it's like it was don't question the politics i mean it's she does say something like the not happy ideas must be pushed down inside, which I mean, which I guess means that anarchy is no longer a thing since anarchy is considered a not happy idea. I mean, I guess depending on your political ideologies, but you know, I I don't want to get too far into politics and a film about toys. I mean, most a lot of people don't consider them as toys, but others do. And that's an intricate interlocking brick system. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's what that's what the man upstairs says later on. Right. I believe. But so they uh, Vitruvius invites Emmett Ford to present the piece of resistance to the master builders. It's at this we meet Metalbeard, who is so brash and amazing. (laughs) He interrupts Emmett's speech and tells the own story about how it's not a good idea to go to the Octane Tower to um put the thing on the other thing where it's like, um, I barely left with my own head and organs. Another weird thing is like Vitruvius's head gets separated from his body and he dies. Metalbeard does also, and he's still alive, but I don't think Vitruvius's organs were also, um, attached to his body somehow. Anyway, um, the master builders are disgusted at Emmett's utter lack of experience. And then Metalbeard leaves. He's like, this situation's a lost cause I'm leaving. And then it's like, um, well, I guess they hate me. I'm going to leave now. But as Emmett leaves, a giant golf wait. ball, the orb of Titalist, because... Wait, wait, wait. What? Well, if people are leaving because of Emmett's lack of talent, Abraham Lincoln <laughs> delivers one of my favorite lines from the film. A house divided against itself will be better than this. <laughs> Flies I, act- out. <laughs> I have an amazing um, Lego... So good. I have an amazing Lego Abraham Lincoln story. So I think it was like one day my dad, when he was driving me to violin class, was like, um, how would you like it if we bought another um, Lego movie minifigure? And I'm like, okay, sure. And then I scoured them until I thought I had found Abraham Lincoln. I opened him in the car. Big mistake. The little tile he comes with that came with him that said a house divided against itself ended up getting lost in the seat of the car. And I never found it again. I had that towel for like five seconds before I lost it. Seven the car seat later, has claimed many a minifig or many a part. 
I don't even know if anybody's still driving that car. I think I saw one of my uncles driving it like a a year ago, but other I than- I never understand where those parts go. I've lost, uh, you know, the little um, ball parts that can't, did you ever do Hero Factory? You know, those little uh, pr- the projectile balls that would shoot out of the guns they used? I lost several of those to a car as well as a lightsaber blade. Never found them. This is why you don't play with Lego pieces in cars. It's, yeah, it's unfortunate. Just draw or something. Unless you get yeah. car sick, whatever. Um, the, so the golf ball crashes into the building and then a skirmish of robots led by bad cop wreck cloud cuckoo land. There's a little joke, which actually explains a lot where Unity says they've wrecked our silly cloud stabilizers, which is how the whole city is um afloat so it's like um and it's like uh oh to escape we could just build like a submarine to go into the water and then batman's like well but we go underwater and they're like batman that's the best idea ever you're the best and i was like no i i said that and i was like they're all working like together sort of without emmett and then vitruvius is like um emmett you must focus on what is special about you and then we later see that he made um the double-decker couch. Also, Hang I would on. have loved to see this submarine as a set. Just like even like a miniature thing, not the full-size Back version. Not going to lie, the submarine was a bit of a mess, though. And the thing is, Cloud Cuckoo Land is over Middle Zealand. So how did they get in a submarine, jump off Cloud Cuckoo Land, and land in the ocean? So, no, it, the rainbow leads up from Middle Zealand to Cloud Cuckoo Land at an angle, right? So, like, at a 90 part- degree angle and his car just goes straight up. Don't no, no, question no. I'm it. talking about like um at a quarter circle angle, right? So um if like the point where the rainbow starts is like that's where the land ends and then the ocean begins and the octane mm-hmm. tower is like at the very, very far end of it. Cloud cuckoo land is like just above the ocean, the relatively near ocean. It's like far enough out where it's not shallow enough for them to be able to manage but also deep enough for um, the point I'm trying to make is it's, it makes sense for it to be both like next to middle Zealand, but not directly above it anyway. So as the, the, the scene where it's like the submarine like rolls down, like the big slide or whatever down into this ocean looks really cool though. Mm. Um. So, uh, also, this is the part where Benny the Spaceman joins the bunch. It's like he wants to build a spaceship, but he just can't. So sad. But the scene where he eventually does is amazing. One of the best in the film. So, um, uh, the rest of the master builders get arrested. Emmett tries to help the situation where it's like, um, Unikitty's getting very sad. And then he's like, um, you know, I made a double decker couch. We could sit on it. And then it's like, um, Oh, why, Emmett, why do you have to be so dumb? And that was like the submarine starts leaking and explodes and the double-decker couch, that's how they survive. But, and then once they uh, end up, uh, the master builders get arrested and bad cops like, oh, the only thing we found was a double-decker couch. And Lord Business makes some very valid points for how the um the double-decker couch wouldn't work. But the weird thing is he's like, um, if you're sitting on the bottom row, which you have to look through a bunch of dangling legs for all the people sitting on the top, the way Lego minifigures work, their legs wouldn't be dangling. It's like they would literally be sitting like um 
horizontal, parallel to the seat they're sitting on. They wouldn't be dangling down. Lego minifigure legs don't work that way. Um, the question is, seats flip up with coolers underneath. If you're on the top, how do you access the coolers? They're just thin coolers, thin enough for minifigures to fit under, I guess. No, no, no. If you're on the top, how do you access the cooler you're sitting on? They're still on the top row. They're just relatively thin. No, but I'm saying how do you open it if you're sitting on it? Easy. You just scoot over and open it up or you just ask But if the top to is full. Okay, I feel like we're only driving home the point that a double-decker couch is the dumbest thing ever. Conceptually, it's kind of strange. It's not that dumb. It's only that the coolers are kind of questionable. Maybe for the top. The bottom is okay. Because you can stand up, get off, and flip open the cooler. But That's true. Yeah. But Anyways. um uh so they emerge from the couch coolers and then Batman's like I'm we're still stranded in the middle of the ocean. It's not like a giant ship is gonna come out and save us, my gosh. And then it's like um Metal Beard's Sea Cow, that is literally the name of the set, rescues them. I really love the line where it's like, um uh well, why did you rescue us? And then Metal Beard's like, Did you not hear me whole story explaining the folly of this whole enterprise? And then Batman says, well, it's kind of hard not to hear when you're yelling everything. Um, the Batman has another really fantastic line later on in the film, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, Let me just say the set again, the set design yeah. for Metal Beard Ship. <laughs> Pun again. Um, it's an absolutely beautiful set. It's a shame it's like 230 or 240 US dollars. It's absolutely ridiculous, but the set looks beautiful. It's not quite 100% accurate to the movie, but it's pretty good. I remember seeing like the grocery bill one time when my mom was buying groceries from Costco or something. And then like I saw the grand totals, like basically the same amount as metal beard sea cows retail. We could have bought a Lego set with this. I'm like, why did you have to buy dang groceries? You could have been buying Lego sets. Prioritize, exactly, mom. Exactly. <laughs> I thought the same. Like my mom bought me a ticket for a trip once down to Arizona to visit my uncle. And uh, she's like, it was $400 round trip. I'm like, we could have just bought the Lego Death Star. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's true. <laughs> no, it was absolutely worth it going to Arizona to see my uncle. Well, good for you. Um, let's see. I do so, um, want the Death Star, though. <laughs> I know. The problem was that then they made one that was $100 more expensive, but still kind of just the same thing, just with relatively improved minifigures. Then um, Emmett's like, you know, I have a plan. We need to build, a, we need to follow the instructions because that's what President Business wouldn't expect us to do, right? And then Metal Beard's like, yeah, we need to build something so dumb. Nobody could think it would possibly be useful. And then Emmett starts formulating the plan on how to sneak in. It's like, okay, so we're going to build a spaceship that looks exactly like the other Octan spaceships. I love the thing where it's like, um, uh, it's like, we're going to build a spaceship. And then Batman says, great idea, a bat spaceship. And then Emmett says, yeah, they're expecting us to show up in a pirate ship or a bat ship or a rainbow sparkle spaceship. And the Batman says, one of those sounds awesome to me, which is the, the other great line I was foreshadowing earlier. He's kind of just very snarky and narcissistic the entire movie. Yeah, I'd love to <laughs> see more of it. And we get to see more of that in a... Uh, the Lego Batman movie, but with more character development. Eh? That'll be an interesting yeah. one to review oh, yeah. at some point. 
Um, let's see. So it's like Batman's like, um, we also need a hyperdrive. Is a hyperdrive just going to show up out of the blue? And then the Millennium Falcon comes in. And then it's like, are you kidding me? The same thing. And then Han Solo, uh, Wookiee, and C-3PO and Lando Calrissian are on it. The Chewbacca. <laughs> I, I, I just called him. You're never going to live that one down. I'm sorry. I just called him the Wookiee. Just called him Wookiee. The non-hardcore Star Wars fans, to him, that's all his character is, the Wookiee. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we only ever, in the terms of the main Star Wars, like, nine-film canon, we only ever really see Wookiees for, like, a relatively brief moment in Revenge of the Sith. Then again, I haven't seen Revenge of the Sith in a long time, so I don't know what I'm talking about. There's a whole battle. There's the battle you see of Kashyyyk. Quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. I mean, they aren't I, like super prominent, but it, it kind of just there. Another I apologize army. so much, hardcore Star Wars fans. But anyway, uh, so Lando Calrissian is voiced by Billy D. Williams, who vo- who played Lando in the original films. Same with C-3PO and Anthony Daniels. Anthony Daniels voices C-3PO every single time C-3PO makes an appearance. Except when C-3PO made a guest appearance on one of the episodes of Lego Masters, Anthony Daniels did not play him for some reason. It's at the point where I don't think they need to worry about Daniels himself being in the suit. They can just have like a younger actor be in the suit and he can just do the voice lines over it. But still, it would have been nice to have seen him do the, to have the voice we know and love on Lego Masters. Um, so once they finally, uh, so Batman's like, um, whoa, that ship is awesome. I'm going to have to leave and go party with them. And then um, Emma's like, well, I guess Batman's a real jerk. Isn't he? He's as blind as a man who has lost his vision. He's the worst person I ever met. And then Batman just comes back with the hyperdrive. And then he's like, nope, the party was lame because there were no women there for me to flirt with. So I stole the hyperdrive for you. I'm sure they don't need it. And then it shows like the scene from the fifth film where they get eaten up by the space slug. Or almost get eaten. Although Lando's not in that scene in the movies. So that's true. Can lay a anyway so they build the ship and then batman destroys the um the entry robot where it's like um who are you here to see i'm here to see your butt is that last name but first name yours and oh my gosh and then he gets hit by the battering and then he hits the the button over and over after it's the button once after a bunch of trying and then it's like yeah first try and um so everyone plunders the relic room for disguises. Batman and Unikitty distract President Business by having them build a speaker system. Um, at this point, when in the planning phase, uh, Vitruvius reveals that the craggle could explode when the thing is put on the other thing. Also, the scene where it's like a metal beer disguises himself as a photocopier. And then I was like, they scan his butt on him. He like shoots them. And then he says, one of the first laws of the sea is never place your rear end on, the, on a pirate's face. The other rules in the Metal Beard laws was it's like, um, never release a kraken. Never put ye hand in a clam's mouth. Always abandon a lost cause, which actually makes a lot of sense. And the weirdest one, never wear a dress on Tuesday. Once the speaker is system is built, Emmett and Wildstar are disguised, wild style, are disguised as robots. But then it's like they bump into them and the robots are like, oh, we're all suspicious. What are your serial numbers? And then Emmett starts singing, everything is awesome, which distracts them. 
And then they sneak up into a ventilation system leading to the craggle. And then Wastel tells Emmett that she had wanted to be the special. And then Emmett says that, oh, when you told me how special I was, it was very important to me. One of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten. And then Wastel's like, oh, well, actually, since we're revealing secrets, my real name is Lucy. And then Batman, like, get um, intercepts the conversation and he sort of guides Emmett to the craggle with the grappling hook. Lucy disarms the guards and then distracts Bad Cop. And then... <laughs> There's poor Benny and Metal Beard who are like, um, Benny's like trying to disable the shield system. I love her. It's like, um, disable the shield. And then the computer's like searching for Albanian restaurants. And it's like, I never once said anything remotely related to that or something along those lines. But then Metal Beard disables the shield by saying, be ye disabling of yon shield, which works for some reason. Let me just say the, the thing, this scene, this entire scene, I didn't really understand when watching it and it's still kind of a bit fuzzy when he's actually like what's his imagining of this of the plan working versus what's actually happening like there wasn't a clear distinction between the two like him explaining the plan and imagining them doing it versus them doing it there was no distinction yeah it kind of like it was like that's another gripe i have with the film too it's it's a it little works. scattered kind of yeah a bit scattered so um now that the lasers are disabled um emmett lands on the things about to put the piece of resistance on the craggle but then bad cop um comes back in and then arrest all the rest of the master builders vitruvius is found out by lord business he then beats up the robo skeletons but as the rest of them get led to the prison room vitruvius is decapitated by a coin he then says a pen oh, a penny yeah this this was a there was going to be a Lego piece version of this that was almost included in the Lord business set, but they didn't include it because it was too gruesome. Um, after that, Vitruvius tells Emmett the prophecy is made up, but before he can dispense his final piece of wisdom, he dies. So Lord business cuts the piece of resistance with the knife of exact zero and then attaches Emmett to a battery, which is hooked up to an electrical sort of system exact zero. to the sort of exact zero sorry which will electrocute all of the master builders and was it 100 mississippi <laughs> which i think is so funny it's kind of ironic that his computer needs to state mississippi after counting down in seconds since it's a computer you think it'd be perfectly calculated you don't need to say mississippi it's just a nice touch I remember, yeah, I remember deliberately when watching this film, I counted the Mississippi in my head to make sure if it was accurate. I think it was like only five off, but like pay better attention to detail, Phil Lauren, Chris Miller. Ugh, this film's terrible. Ugh, I hate it. Anyway. <laughs> the other um, thing is he said, unfortunately, bad cop, I'm going to have to leave you here to die. Although he didn't hook bad cop up to, bad cop up to the electrocution chamber thing. So he would have been absolutely fine. Oops. That is true. That's, Lego logic is relatively weird. But, you know, that's what film review podcasts are for, to nitpick all the bad things, but also talk about how good it is. And this film, I cannot say this enough. I feel like I, it sounds like I hate this movie. I don't. It's really good. It's just upon other viewings, you notice little plot holes that really don't take much away from the film at all. But, you know, it's still, still a fantastic movie. So then... Um, the top, okay, let's see. 
after the timer set, the top of the skyscraper with Lord Business inside flies off. And then Taco Tuesday starts the top of the tower arrives to Bricksburg. I love like the little scene where it's like the top of the tower is like shaped like a giant Lego brick. And then like the, the scene where it pops up the tower, but it's in mini scale. And then it shows the brick. Going... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's such a fun little detail. Like they did something similar when it showed like metal beard ship going up to the Octane Tower and then floating away. Yeah. I like the little mini okay. scale cutaways. It's pretty fun. They don't do nearly as much of those in the second one. I don't think they even did any, if I remember correctly. No. Um, so uh, the glue is then like shot into everybody, causing a panic. So while Emmett's hooked up, Vitruvius's ghost shows up to tell Emmett that anyone who found the piece and believed in themselves could become the special. I know that sounds like a cat poster, but it's true. And um, I love like how you can clearly tell that the Vitruvius's ghost is suspense on a string. I love it goes when he's flying away. So funny. Like it makes it look more like a an actual Lego brick film instead of a computer animated one. Yeah. So Emmett manages to free himself from the batter trap with determination. And so he jumps okay, he jumps off the he jumps out the window with the piece of resistance into the infinite abyss of nothingness. He frees himself from the battery trap also, but he I think it's still attached to his back when he flies off. But he flees himself from like the stand it was on. But the battery detaches yeah. while he's falling mere milliseconds before the electrocution starts. So after that, um the master builders are all freed, and then Lucy broadcasts a message. I love the part where it's like um where he's saying, Where are my pants? And then Wild Soul says, Here's your pants. Series is over. <laughs> That's so mm -hmm. funny. Um, so she's like, um, oh, guess what? Emmett was a really good person, but he was also a great master builder. It's time for you to start building your uh to make to build awesome creations to help stop the the madness that is Lord Business. It's going to be Freedom Friday, but still on a Tuesday. Then Bad Cop stops the robo-skeletons that are about to intercept them, but then he draws on a new scribble cop, um, a scribbled good cop face, which is very cursed. Very creepy. Let me just say, so uh, Wild Style's intro for when she goes on TV is, you guys, I know you don't know me, but I'm on TV, so you can trust me. And as you see this, it's displayed on a giant screen on uh in bricksburg yeah and then it shows it playing in various other places i love how it shows in the old west uh area it's like a, an old camera and then no, it's, the it's a gramophone Ze yeah gramophone sorry and then in uh middle zealand it's a guy reading it off a scroll but anyways how did um, that get written down and sent <laughs> off so fast exactly that's my question but when it shows the first part of her talking in bricksburg you can see a hobbit running in the background with a sword up in the air just like Aah! it's a great little detail just like that i'm sure that's not the only little easter egg like that there's probably a hundred more of just minifigs from other franchises just thrown in in the background oh by the way i forgot to mention shaquille o'neal's in this film he plays yeah. himself as a lego basketball character because in like the early 2000s lego made these really weird minifigures with realistic faces that were basketball players but they also had like special legs that were spring-loaded and arms that could hold a basketball piece it was it was a weird lego theme yeah lego in the early 2000s was it was it, it was, it was the weirdest, okay it was the it weirdest had a few lego issues period. 
it wasn't doing so well they had bionicle though which was pretty good on the one hand it introduced the star wars and harry potter themes on the other hand it brought us galador and we we don't say that word here we don't say that word here okay fine (laughs) yeah um the the theme that will not be named (laughs) yes let's call it that so Benny gets the idea to build a spaceship to stop the taco. I love where it's like he slowly realizes the pieces and then he's like, I can, I can build a spaceship. I mean, that is if you guys are cool with it. Bad cop says, go, whatever your name is. And then he just starts screaming spaceship as he's building it. They thought they'd be like, spaceship, spaceship, spaceship. Like you one of the best build montages in the every movie. Every second of it. So, and then when they arrive in Bricksburg, like the citizens have built vehicles and there's this, like little moment where um, board business is watching them build stuff on the screens. And these came from a competition on the Lego user group forum Rebrick where people were asked to make brick films and the winning one, which got the most amount of screen time when it came to the competition was called Georgie Needs a Horse where it's like the Cyclops minifigure from series nine or something building a wooden horse. They have all of these on, I believe, the Blu-ray special features, if you're curious. Yeah, the special features also has a set of outtakes, and there's those are very fun to watch. Yeah, always. I see food, and I eat it when he's talking about Actually, that, that's the Ninjago movie, but we'll get to that later. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm so, pretty sure. And then we get the scene where it's like Emmett's in the real world as a minifigure. He's picking up by, picking up, picked, picked up. He's picked up by Finn who is, um, we see that the all of the Lego movie takes place within the basement of this guy's house. Um, so there's a fan theory that like Wildstyle represents Finn's crush, but that girl who represents Wildstyle is also having a crush on a boy who's really into Batman, which kind of explains the, the, uni- the stuff. It was confirmed by the directors too, which was cool. And so the man upstairs, played by Will Ferrell, also Lord Business, comes down and is angry, like, oh, my gosh, you've taken apart all my Lego stuff. I've specifically told you not to play with it. But then he's like, but Lego's meant to be played with by kids. It says ages 8 to 14. And then he says, that's just a suggestion. They have to put that on there. I do it have is. To it say, really is. I do have to say that, like, now my favorite sets are the ones made for – um that are more like collector oriented that are like the, uh, the stranger Things set or the friends set. Like those the are like really ideas. Cool. Yeah. The, those are, like, those are meant to be higher quality. quality. Although meant for eight older to four, fans. Usually actually the age range tells you the general overall quality of the set. Not that the younger, the targeted sets are of lower quality, but generally speaking, the ones that are designed for a higher age range are better quality nine times out of ten the eight Lego to fourteen tends to be pretty well designed and then of course collector things like architecture sets are technique they're kind of like the perfect grade of lego to That's reference true. gundam if anyone yeah so um uh by the time and then the man upstairs is like oh i'm gonna put everything the way it's supposed to be permanently and then he uses more croggles to glue everything together and then i forgot to mention the the micromanagement robots i love how they're called micromanagers whenever they do something they say commencing micromanagement it's so funny i love it the design Uh, for them is pretty good as well yeah the uh by the way this is the second film where the man upstairs uh where will ferrell builds a city made out of lego because there was also that scene from elf 
where he intercepts the the store at night and then he builds like a whole Lego city. Is bet you didn't know that. Now you do. Quick tangent also. Yeah. Let me just say I love the the Benny spaceship is a more modern take on the classic Lego space theme yes, of the blue, the gray, and the yellow cockpits. Yeah. I love that set so much. I love that take on the classic space design. It's beautiful. But side note, side tangent. Yeah. Continue. Mm-hmm. So um, Emmett's picked up on the desk after all the glue is stuff, and then uh, the glue is glued onto everything, and then... um. The man upstairs is like, oh, I got to take the back, the glue off the back of this construction worker. He's just an ordinary construction worker who is just bland and just supposed to be that. And then, like, Emmett moves off the desk somehow and then gets picked up by Finn. I don't know if that part is within Finn's imagination or if it's actually part of the actual story. Those lines get more blurred as the Lego movie franchise goes on. Like, with the second one, it's really weird. Also, I don't know I why. I feel like, like it's. The Lego Batman yeah. movie doesn't acknowledge the real world at all with the Lego Ninjago movie. It's just like a tale within the Jackie Chan shop universe or whatever. I feel like uh, that the lines blurring is kind of a lot like Calvin and Hobbes. That it's not really clear how much of it is just Calvin's imagination versus how much of it is actually real. That's of true. course, Hobbes isn't a real tiger because obviously there would be some issues but to calvin he seems perfectly real and there are instances where stuff happens to calvin that can't happen if Hobbes wasn't real so again it's the same sort of concept with the lines being super blurred at some points like emmett falling off at the desk on his own or ending up under the laundry machine and fighting with rex yeah but that is a getting ahead of ourselves yes it's like the Lego movie is becoming Toy Story relatively slowly with the, the in-universe logic. It's the Lego Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> I think they even have... Warner like Bros, Lego- if you're listening. <laughs> uh, by the way, they did have Lego minifigures in one of the Toy Story shorts. I believe it was Hawaiian Vacation. They did, yes. I, I, I noticed that. I'm like, <gasps> they put Legos in Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> But there was also the Lego bunny character in the Toy Story of Care, which I talked about a little bit on our last episode. Yum. Moving so, on. Yes, moving on. Uh, so basically, after Finn puts Emmett through the, um, through the portal, after he grabs a piece of resistance under the desk, and so after he goes through the portal, builds an epic construction mech, he's now a master builder. So he brings a piece of resistance over to the top of the tower, fights off the roboskeletons, and he's like, um, President Business, I'm going to give you my hand. And then he's like, what is that? What is that in your hand? I can't see it. Is it super small? And then he's like, um, no, people are taking this cool stuff that you built and making something new out of it. That's kind of the, that's very, it's very important for people to express creativity, I suppose. And then he's like, um, you don't, um and then it's like it becomes something between the man upstairs and his son and then he's like um he sees the stuff and then he's like uh what would emmett say to president business and then emmett says like um you don't have to be the bad guy you know everyone is special if you're mad that you're not special everyone is in their own way and then he's like um extends his hand and so then emmett puts the piece of resistance on the craggle and then it explodes 
like it's supposed to, which disables the micromanagers. And then the man upstairs unglues everything with the special glue solvent thing. And then after that, while um, uh, the man upstairs and Finn are having all kinds of fun, he says, it like, um, oh, by the way, now that you're getting to play down here, guess who else is going to play? Your sister. And the, I what? love the part where he's just like, what? <laughs> and then it's like, um, then Duplo aliens come in. They're like, we are from planet Dupla. We are going to destroy you. And then that's just where it ends. But it picks up after that in the Lego movie, too. Don't worry. <coughs> Hang on. Uh, going back to the construction mech. Mech. Again, set design, absolutely beautiful. It's a shame, though. When they transferred this to this set from the movie, it wasn't... I feel like they should have released a UCS version of this set because the the version that was released in stores was not nearly the same the scale was off the they kind of had to though like i I know but like i mean they had to make that change because if they released it it would just be absolutely massive but i am of the opinion they should have re-released it as a uh, ultimate collector set because i want that construction mix so bad it's possible they will design one myself but they might do something special for the lego movies 10th anniversary at some point yeah, I see that. They, they really should. That construction mech would make such an amazing set. I'm sure it would sell well. We can only hope. Only hope. Well, yep. So, um, and so then, you know, roll credits. Really great credit sequence, by the way. I forgot to mention that are um, three versions of Everything is Awesome. There's the one that plays at, in the beginning of the movie by Jolie, the one by Tegan and Sarah featuring The Lonely Island that plays over the credits. But then there's also an acoustic version, which is on the soundtrack. And yes, I own the soundtrack because of course I do. There is also technically the version sung by the robots, but we don't count that one. Yeah, I don't think that's even on the soundtrack. With I, good I, reason. The acoustic version is honestly really good. If you have the, you should give it a listen. Everybody should. So, As you said, the credit sequence was very cool. That the animations there were awesome. Plus, I don't that's, even know how much of that was actual animation versus. I'm pretty like, sure that was all stop motion. Like, like stop actual motion. physical built though is what I mean. Like versus digitally, like the rest of the movie. I honestly think it was. It was uh, brick built. Yeah, it looks a. Lot, it looks like it. Like it kind of has to be. Yeah, I don't know. It's very cool, regardless. Yes. So, um, is the movie made four hundred and sixty-eight point one million dollars on a sixty-five million dollar budget? So it was definitely a hit. It got a ninety-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a seven point seven out of ten rating on IMDb. No Metacritic score for some strange reason. But uh, they also were some interesting home video releases. One of them had a. Uh, there was this one called the Super Special Edition that I really wanted because it had an exclusive young Vitruvius minifigure. Sadly, I didn't get that one, but I did get the Blu-ray that did have a lot of cool features. One of them had a short called Michelangelo and Lincoln History Cops, where it's like that's I love that Michelangelo <laughs> and Lincoln go back in time to stop um. Gosh, what was the guy's name? Some Italian person. I forget. I don't know. I don't care. It was very funny. It uh, was good. Yeah. And then, if but there was. find it on YouTube. It's hilarious. Yeah. I'll probably put all of these in the, in the thing, the videos we mentioned on our YouTube channel. Please check that out. Um, there was also the Lego Ninjago movie got a tease where it's like, um, 
this guy called the president of Hollywood visits Emmett that is like, I have an idea. We can make this movie called the Ninja Ghost. And it's like, um, they talk about stuff like how it must include everything, like Pratt Falls in physical comedy. And then it's like, um, I love the and like pandas the part skateboards, of- flying skateboards and pandas, and then something flaming or other. I, I like the part at the end where it's like, it was so successful. No one in Hollywood made a movie ever again. And guess what? Lego Ninjago movie came out. People are still making movies. It was, the it was a Nin- hilarious short. The Lego Ninjago movie did not live up to the expectations set by yeah. that short. The, the Lego Ninjago movie is the worst of the four Warner Animation Lego films, but it's not a terrible film. It's still good. It has its own merits. Sadly, Warner- the Lego Ninjago movie. Uh, Lloyd as the Green Ninja was in the Lego movie, although he never had a speaking line. That's true. It was a cool inclusion, though. It was kind of fun to find him. I, um, um, by the way, Warner no longer has the rights to make Lego films. That universe. Yeah, they probably revoked that after the four, uh, after the Lego Ninja movie. Oh, wait, no, the Lego movie. The, the Lego movie, Lego too. Movie. Okay, yeah. it came after. Never yeah, mind. That's true. Um, there was also this special short made with the same animation level quality as the actual movie with this thing called the Emmett Awards, where it's like on Lego.com. I sadly never participated, but I totally should have because now the now the Lego website forms are shut down, so we can never see these. But it's like um, it showed off these creations that people had created. And I love that, like they animated this whole entire sequence just for fan creators on Lego uh, things on Lego on the Lego fan forms on the website. And you can tell like there's this thing where like Emmett's hosting the Emmett Awards. They all use old um lines from the film. And then it's like there's thing like, oh the sound system went out. Emmett can't talk. You can tell that's only be- just because they didn't have the money to hire back Chris Pratt to voice um Emmett for the short. There was also this other short featuring Lego movie characters and a sad version of everything is awesome where it's like um, a Lego landscape getting flooded with oil. And that was like to promote a message with Greenpeace where it's like Lego had a partnership to produce sets based off the gas station thing Shell, but then Shell drilled the Arctic or something. I don't know if they've stopped or not, but then they just uh, that was like there was like, oh, Lego's partnering with Greenpeace. We're no longer supporting Shell because they made bad things, whatever. Um. Also, this movie was somewhat responsible for creating the it's the emoji movie. I watched that one and it wasn't I relatively enjoyed it when it came out. But looking back on it, it's really not that good. But it kind of has like the same basic thing with like um the character that the main character teams up with looks a lot like wild style. It's kind of like a cross between the Lego movie and Wreck-It Ralph. And uh, it also created, there was this other film called The Playmobil Movie, which I never bothered seeing. However, it, (laughs) yup. It has Jim Gaffigan in it, which alone might make it worse because Jim Gaffigan's the best comedian in the history of comedy. We'll totally Um, actually get Pablo's on here and review that. (laughs) Actually, maybe that should be a tradition. No, a tradition where it's like, Every August, as like our the thing we started with the Super Mario Bros. movie, we bring on Pablo's to review a video game movie. Or just a movie that's generally questionable. <laughs> if we did review a video game movie next question, should we do like Detective Pikachu, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Those are both good ideas. Let's no, see what we should, else comes we're out. going to have Over to bring him on to review the other Mario film when it eventually comes out in mm-hmm. December absolutely, 2022. Absolutely. 
Yeah. But, but there that's was a, that's a tangent. That's true. But there was also another Lego movie spinoff. Unikitty got her own TV show. It aired I on Cartoon Network. I think it only had like two seasons. There were some sets. I didn't really pay any attention to it. One of the characters from the Unikitty show did make a small cameo in the Lego movie too and is in the video game. So there's that. And um, there was also the Lego movie video game, which it's a, actually a really good video game. I was surprised at how good it was. It released February 7, 2014 on the PS4, PS3, PlayStation Vita, Xbox 360, Xbox One, Wii U, Windows, and it also later released for iOS and OS X. So what's interesting about this game is it like the bonus level because most of the Lego game bonus levels are like all made out of Lego bricks when the regular Lego environments look relatively gate like video game stuff, but the stuff that can be interacted with is made out of Legos. But then the the bonus level is all Lego. But in the Lego movie video game, everything in the main game is made out of Lego pieces, except the bonus level. You know what the bonus level is? Um, it's yeah. it's Finn's room. What, so what you do is you fly around it and do like little tasks to earn studs. By the way, with every Lego video game bonus level, the goal is to collect a million studs. That's kind of it. Well, one right here. It's like I had a bit of trouble with the level at first until I realized like I could just use Superman to fly around the whole thing and just cheese it. But yeah, Superman's just broken, period. I don't like him. Yeah. But we've been talking, we've been talking about the Lego move for long enough. I think it's time we um, start the um, the stuffs. You know, the end of the film uh, favorites. So first off, uh, Yoshimitsu, what was your favorite character? Um, that is a tough question. The this movie had a lot of great characters. It was a very enjoyable movie. All of their all of them had very good moments. I'm going to go with Benny just because spaceship. Yeah. My favorite character, Batman, because his amazing snarky lines are amazing. They bring because that his home. amazing snarky lines are amazing. <laughs> yep. They bring that home in the Lego Batman movie, too, which is also pr pretty good. Um, I don't uh, think it comes qu out quite as much in the Lego Batman movie as it did in the Lego movie. Like. Yeah, but it was interesting to see like DC Comics characters with Lego's unique spin on it. Like Two Face in that movie is designed like um, because Billy D. Williams had played Harvey Dent, which in the comics becomes Two, who in the comics becomes Two Face, but he never became Two Face in the films. But in Batman Forever, they had Tommy Lee Jones playing Two Face. So in the Lego Batman movie, they brought back Billy D. Williams to voice Two Face, and they made it so what if his portrayal of Harvey Dent from the original 1989 Batman had become Two-Face, and it's interesting to see stuff like that. Speaking of DC characters in the Lego movie, let me just point out the relationship between Superman S trying to dodge Green Lantern uh, throughout the entire I, thing. I forgot to great. mention that. Oh, Absolutely um, great. It and then is. there's just Wonder Woman there doing whatever. The invisible jet joke was kind of good, but also a little meh. Yeah. Um, what's your least favorite scene? Uh, I don't know that I can really choose the least favorite scene. It was, it was all around a pretty good movie. I I don't have a least favorite scene. 
Um, yeah. My least it's, favorite. It's a bad answer, but like, I really can't choose. It was also good. Uh, my least favorite scene is going to be the Emmett's plan exposition because of the way him telling the plan is interspersed with um. The plan actually coming to fruition. Yes, exactly. It's like the way it's done is kind of janky and I I think they could have done it a little better by just having him talk about the plan first and then they see it going out but then it's like um between each step of the plan it sort of like cuts to the original whiteboard with like a check mark over it or something that's my slice of humble pie about this film that's I all I mean yeah they did what they had to I don't know that there's really a better way they could have done it without making it seem kind of slow, like him going through the entire plan and then them doing it would have been kind of... It would just seem repetitive. I don't think that would have worked. So, I mean, what they did was okay. They didn't really have that many other options. But, yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. It was janky, and I'm the one who pointed that out, too. So. Um, your favorite scene favorite scene um it's probably between the various build montages either that or the scene when they first enter the wild west and uh wild style hits them with a cactus that was <laughs> that's uh that, that, i just enjoyed that a lot just this is so weird <laughs> Ow! um yeah that, that that was really funny uh my th- favorite scene is going to be like the last third where it introduces like the dynamic between Finn and his father and how it parallels to Emmett in president business it's like the way that's done is really sweet and good I, I'm not I'm not picking a comedic scene it's just like this scene is like so well done it's like it's, it's really good it's like a, the icing on the cake for an already pretty good it's like they didn't need to add heart to a movie about a toy they could have it could have just been a soulless adaptation. They made a quick buck and moved on, but no, they they tried to make it good. But then the second one, um, it's not soulless. Far from it. It still ha- it has another really good message, but something about it is just kind of weird and different from the first one. Like it seems like it's edging a teeny bit into Space Jam Two territory, and they tried a little too hard to recapture the success of Everything Is Awesome with the catchy song which really wasn't that catchy but we're, we're i'm getting way too ahead of myself uh so this anyway. clearly d- uh, shows the difference in ca- uh character between myself and tiger i went for the comedy and he went for the <laughs> yeah well that like um it's just that though it keeps sort of like pelting you with gags through and through and it's like nice to take a break i, I forgot how funny this film was too it really funny. is it's absolutely hilarious yeah um so final thoughts and letter grades as we just said it's an absolutely hilarious movie would highly recommend watching this with your friends and family letter grade a minus 4.3 out of 5 it's it's a good movie with me everything i said earlier still applies like this is a film about Lego. They could have cashed in on it with marketing and made it soulless so easily. Instead, they focused on making a plot, a great plot with great characters, great, also great Lego models to inspire Lego fans to start 
building things. Uh-huh. It is not just a weird tie-in like the Playmobil movie. I haven't seen the Playmobil. It, it's more than just an advertisement, basically. It's more than what Ryan George makes it out to be on Screen Rant. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I mean, at its heart, that is kind of what it is. But they did a really good job with it, and I love the movie. Yes. So in general, like, I love, like, Emmett's like a character, like, he, the, the weird thing is, like, he's like a blank slate, right? You think he's going to be a boring character. He's not. You see that he genuinely tries to be, like, a good person and leave an impact, and then he's given this chance, and then he succeeds after he thinks he won't. So it's it's a it's a really great movie. It, the problem is it's not the it's not a fantastic movie. So because of that I'm going to give it an A. A solid A. That means this film succeeded on all fronts, but it's not as fantastic as films like say um Knives Out or um I guess School of Rock or Fantasia. Fantasia is the greatest animated film ever. But is it everyone's cup of tea? No. Um, so yeah, that kind of puts this one in the books for Warner Animation Group's something or whatever animated film. I don't know how many animated films Warner Animation Group made. I, I think they made like, they made Storks too. I, Storks was weird. I didn't enjoy that one that much. I didn't watch it. And if you haven't, go check out the pitch meeting for this movie. Uh, if yes, uh, if it if the movie we go over has a pitch meeting, I'm sure Tiger will put the link to that down in the yeah. description. I, right? I will or whatever. Yeah, the YouTube channel. Yeah, but yeah. So this film is really good. We were going to do our top five Lego sets, but we don't have time, and we're going to say that say that for our next episode, which will hopefully be coming out tomorrow because I wanted to talk about both films in one episode, but talking about one, A, took too long. Two, it's almost 10 o'clock at night and I don't want to spend too much time going into the Lego cinematic universe. So consensus, yeah, watch the film. It's great. Um, Next time you'll see us, we will be talking about the Lego movie too and also our top five Lego sets. And um, as for geeks and games, I'm not 100% sure, but I, my topic idea is going to be um, games in really big franchises that were with very obscure entries on sometimes also obscure consoles. But uh, Yoshimitsu, where can the folks at home find you? People can find me on LEGO Ideas as Spectre Vamp. Thank the Lord above. I did not lose the account. Um, that That is just... Uh, I'm so happy that we actually found my password. But um, other than that, you can find me as Spectre Vamp on uh, Mechabricks, as well as not DeviantArt, Discord. Deviant uh, where can art. people find you, Tiger? No. Um, <laughs> not DeviantArt. <laughs> don't go to DeviantArt. It's not worth your life. Um, you can find me on Scratch's Woodstock 05. Like I said, I'm developing something to come out maybe on Christmas around that time. Also on Lego Ideas, but I don't really do anything there. Also, check me out on Mechabricks. I occasionally put things up there. I have a project in the works with actually instructions I found in a book. But it's going to be interesting when it, once it comes out. Um, also, please check out our Geeks and Games Discord server 
I haven't been doing much stuff there as much, but hey, if you want to submit things there but don't have the time to set it all in an email, that's a good way to do it. However, if you don't want to put them on the Discord, you can also send it to us as an email at geeksandgamespodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, complaints, additions to our years of gaming, films we should review on the show, ideas for guests, we're welcome to send all that in to our uh, email address. Please and it also- would be, please do join our Discord server. We'd love to be able to talk to you guys. It would be great. Yes. Um, also, please rate and review us on a Favorably. Favorably. Five stars. Five stars. Or you will be banned from listening. No. no you won't. <laughs> But thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Geeks and Films. We will see you very soon. Bye-bye.